Hi, it's Jim. It's the World of Bonds. It's Thursday, 10th of Feb, 2022. For professional investors only, never ever investment advice. CPI day, it's just come out in the United States at uh, 7.5% year on year. That's up from 7 in December and is a beat also on expectations, where people have been going for 7.2% year on year. Um, markets are selling off, as you'd expect. So short ends in the US, um, two years, 1.43. The 10-year knocking on the door of 2%, so at 1.98% right now. And we're pricing in six hikes nearly for 2022, with a 50% chance now of a 50 basis point hike in March. Remember, the market had already priced in liftoff in March with 25 basis points. It now thinks it's 50-50, whether we get a 50 basis point hike in March as well. Uh, relatively broad-based increase in the inflation number in the States, although core was relatively steady relative to the kind of uh, things like food and energy, which were more inflationary. The other thing that was more inflationary was used cars. They're up 41% year on year, whereas people had uh, expected used car prices to start to moderate. They increased again in January. So still supply disruptions and all sorts going on in the US used car market, uh, making them very, very strong. So uh, bond markets generally have been selling off this week. We are knocking on new cyclical highs in many areas of the marketplace. Um, I'm just looking at the 30-year gilt. Uh, it's off again today. In total return terms, it's off about 16% over the past couple of months. Um, so some big losses in long-dated bonds, even though they've outperformed relative to short ends. I've had that flattening of yield curves. 30-year gilt, so still around about 60, 70 basis points uh, below 30-year US Treasury bonds. Um, and I guess that's because there's a, a feeling that although UK um, inflation is high and uh, rising of, of late, it's probably going to peak earlier than the US. And there are a few things going on in the UK, including the fiscal tightening we're getting through the increase in national um, national insurance payments we're getting later this year, the monetary tightening feeding through into households through mortgages, etc. The existing inflation that we're getting in food and uh, energy prices, rail fares, etc. And then Brexit disruptions that appear to be accelerating a little bit means that, you know, we're looking at household confidence is the lowest in the UK since 2013, which is quite um, staggering, really. So a big collapse in household confidence over the past few months after what was a quite a big boost when it looked like we were coming, you know, fully vaccinated and so forth. Then Omicron came along and took a bit of the shine off that. Now, even though we're a bit more relaxed about Omicron, these real economy things appear to be causing um, some worries for the mar uh, for, for individuals and households at the moment. Hugh Pill, the Bank of England's uh, chief economist, was out yesterday in, in a speech and tried to tone down, I think, what was a bit of miscommunication from Andrew Bailey around uh, the Bank of England not wanting wage rises and so forth. So that's the backdrop we're in. Very, very strong uh, US CPI, uh, driven by stuff outside the core, but but generally strong uh, across the way. Bond markets selling off. It's feeding through into equity markets and other risk assets as well. US dollars up about a quarter of a percent uh, today against its uh, major trading basket. 
The other thing this morning, I woke up and saw what happened to the JGB yield overnight. So JGB 10 years are up at 23 basis points. And I put together a little chart showing the uh, Bank of Japan's 25 basis point limit as part of yield curve control and tweeted it out and suggested that the Bank of Japan might be thinking about uh, implementing yield curve control and going in and buying some JGBs at that level. Uh, almost immediately someone tweeted me back and uh, and asked me if I was still asleep because overnight the Bank of Japan actually had announced that it would be doing on Valentine's Day next week an unlimited amount of um, QE effectively to to implement its yield curve control. So sheepishly deleted that tweet um, with sleepy eyes. But yeah, they're stepping into the marketplace given that big rise uh, in JGB yields up towards 23 basis points, they probably won't have to do very much. They probably won't need to do uh, trillions of uh, yen worth of buying of government bonds because having a yield curve control target means that when you say you're going to implement it, the market believes you and will do your job for you. So I imagine overnight there'll be some significant buying of JGBs from Japanese life companies and so forth uh, and it it will never actually get to 25 basis points and next week on the 14th of Feb uh, the Bank of Japan won't need to do very much but I'm looking at a a chart here from Kip Dukes of SocGen Um, he's put together you know core inflation trends for the major economic blocks and you can see that um, you know US as we've been talking about very strong core today year on year um, came in at 6%, uh, UK is over 4%, and Eurozone has started to roll over a bit, but is still above target at 2%. But Japan, Japan has had negative core rates of inflation ever since coronavirus started, and it's getting worse. Um, so deflation is accelerating at the core level in Japan. It's now at minus one and a quarter-ish year on year. So a massive disconnect. And um, I think that that means that monetary easing is is still going to be the the story of the day in Japan. And there's been some talk again overnight from Bank of Japan uh, watchers that they may be considering targeting wages rather than uh, targeting inflation numbers or core inflation numbers. Uh, I'd I'd be surprised if we saw that as official policy, but certainly there's an acknowledgement that Japan's inflation situation is very different from the Anglo-Saxon economies. And even Europe, you could argue, is maybe, as I say, rolling over somewhat with core likely to fall. And the European Commission coming out today with its forecast for 2023 that has European inflation back below that 2% uh, ECB target at 1.7%. So uh, it may be that the Anglo-Saxon economies are in a very different position than Europe and especially than Japan. So look out for that. Finally, I'm going to talk quickly about um, BTPs, Italian government bonds. Remember that they have started to widen quite substantially against uh, government bonds in Germany. You know, that spread between peripheral Europe and core Europe, as people refer to it, um, is an important bellwether of um, credibility around debt levels, uh, around the sustainability of the eurozone itself. Because remember, you could argue that that spread doesn't just reflect credit risk between the two, but it also reflects some degree of re-denomination risk. You know, what if Italy or Portugal, or whoever it might be, or even, you know, France, left the Eurozone and re-denominated their bonds into 
new lira or new francs or, or whatever. And, and this is nobody's core scenario for the foreseeable future. But there is something in the spread for that kind of uh, re-denomination risk, apart from, you know, cause inf- interest rates are the same. So all that's left is, is effectively default risk and re-denomination risk. That spread has been widening. So uh, Bund's BTP 10 years is now about 150, 160. Remember, it's been above 200 recently during the pandemic. Um, it got above 200, that spread, during the 2018 Italian uh, elections as well, when there was some uncertainty that you could link to maybe a, 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 an exit from the eurozone risk with the rise of some populist parties there. But, it, you know, UBS have put out a, a note on debt sustainability in Italy and point out that... Um, even if yields do go up a little bit from here, uh, the stock of debt that Italy has at low interest rates, it will take a very long time for that to come through. Italy has extended the maturity of its debt in a very, very aggressive way and a very prudent way. Remember, people used to look at the UK and say we were kind of unique in having a long duration maturity of our debt. Uh, but Italy's been doing the same. In the 1990s, its average maturity was three years. It's now at, up at seven years. So it will take a long time for, to feed through higher yields. And even at current levels of yields, you could argue that things are sustainable. You know, The average issuance yield on Italian government debt is down from 3% a decade ago uh, to effectively zero, 0.1% average interest rate on Italian debt. Of course, the average uh, stock of debt interest rate is a little bit higher than that. The current 10-year yield is higher, as we say, um, at 1.8% for Italy. But you could argue that its sustainable level of uh, interest rate on average is more like 2.5%. And that's very much a rule of thumb, and it may be too high. How are people thinking about that? Well, they're saying if your nominal interest rate, i.e. your inflation-adjusted interest rate, is below the rate at which your economy is growing in nominal terms, i.e. real growth plus inflation, then you're fine because you know your tax rates, your tax burden could go up in line with that economic growth and cover your uh, interest costs. Um, so as long as you've got the ability to tax, um, then as long as your economy is growing, growth plus inflation more than the nominal interest rate, then that should be okay. Italian trend growth is extremely low thanks to low productivity growth and thanks to uh, very poor demographics, aging populations, very, very low birth rate. And so trend growth may well be above uh, around zero or half a percent. Inflation, probably 2% is the what you'd put in for that number, but it may be lower than that. So it may be that that sustainable level of interest rates is below uh, 2.5%, maybe nearer 2 or even one three quarters. So it may be that the current level of 10-year year yields is around about where you'd be comfortable and anything above that might make you uncomfortable. But nevertheless, the stock of debt with lower interest rates means this is something that I don't think markets need to worry about greatly in terms of default for the foreseeable future. Right, have a good rest of the week. Bye.